Um, it's about human behaviour, I guess, in a way, isn't it? How people behave. There's a lot of I'm talking about a lot of finding out about people in this, isn't it? Yeah, and there's a lot about how how, how unpleasant. Do you think it's about how unpleasant people with money can be to to a degree? There is that. I, I think because there's a bit of voyeurism. So you, there's the uh, the reason I said that is because I, I I fancy myself as a bit of a people watcher. Right. I don't think there's anything better than just watching how people react to, to certain things. And I was in a meeting on Monday, and I know this that when often when people don't stand up for a, in front of a crowd of people and talk and stuff which I do as part of my job I not only have to present things but I also do a bit of training here and there so hmm. I'm used to talking to people and what a lot of people I find is that when they're in a meeting and it's their chance to talk and they talk there's this a build up of a bit of energy and, so, and when they finish talking what they do is they then shuffle their papers together right. or or neaten their pencil out or something like that some people take a glass of water that's probably the most common is just go there yeah, I've done right right, and it's kind of because you have to put your energy into something and it's like a, you know that's it that's where it's gone now then the other day um, the, a guy he'd written something on his paper and then he was doing some talking and he, so he said his bit and then, I know, and then I watched what he did afterwards and he'd finished his bit and he went he picked up his pen and clicked it, and then underlined one of the words he'd just written. Right, and and it was big. It was there was no reason for it. It's just it's one of these little odd little things that humans. And did you see do. what it what it was? No, I don't. I, I don't think there was no reason for him to have underlined his word. It was because he wanted people to think, oh yeah, I've finished my bit now. I'm just going to write another little bit. But well, I I think as well that if you if you're sort of uh, doing the talk or doing the training, you're not really being you. You're playing a role. You've got to wear a different hat. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, that's hu- that's humans. This <laughs> is a story from the tales of the unexpected, and this and we are the unexpected tale t- tellers, dissectings, dissectorists. <laughs> we are a podcaster, and the, on the podcast is Chris and Rob, and this is a story called. My Lady Love, My Dove, which, as we've said last week, I think, is very, very sort of clunky. Would you call it clunky? Not, uh, it's a, it's, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Uh, as, as, although, as I said, it is written by Roald, but does not roll. <laughs> Start off with Roald in his study again. This again is a Roald. Yeah, this is this is a Roald. Yeah, this is yeah. a Roald story, and he's telling a story where once again he says, "Here's a little analogue yeah. monologue." Here's a Mono- little. It's more a monologue. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a little monologue. Um, and when he's finished telling his monologue, he goes. Now then, this story is about the uh, the opposite. Yeah. And it isn't even the opposite. It's not. It's about exactly the same what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Because what he's actually introducing us by saying is that in the USA, uh, women have got 80% of the money. He conjects that that's because they've bumped off their husbands in one way or another and he thinks good luck to them. But 
is then talking about uh, rarely some people marry some of these rich women marry poor poor men and things like that and that's really what a large part of the first bit of this story is about yeah. isn't it yeah. but yeah he throws us and usually he's right to be honest usually <laughs> he tells us a right lot of bollocks and says, but it's nothing to do with that <laughs> but, but here he's, it's, that's a bit unexpected itself he actually sort of throws a twist in right at the beginning well it's interesting you say that because this doesn't really have a twist in it right because what in fact I'm not even going to get to the spoiler okay not now at least anyway okay but this part here is the bit that happens which is the unexpected bit is actually is completely plausible as an unexpected thing because of the nature of what they're doing so what it starts off is as a guy's listening to Beethoven he's the husband who's married into money yeah Um, Elaine Strict yeah she's playing Pamela and Pam is brash American and probably the reason why she's so well known, actually, because she has this this voice that allows her to go up and down and yeah, just sort of see the, the, yeah, the, the comic just... side of being a bossy woman. Yeah. It's really, really good. It's, it, it's, it is what she does. That's her yeah. thing. So she's being loud and brash, and she's making it clear that she's the one who's got all the money and the power. And keeps reminding him. Yeah, because husband, Arthur, his, his name is. Yeah. He's just wanting to listen to his music, yeah. but you know she's not having it, and she's really sort of giving it to him and really being quite unpleasant. Now this is a bit of a setup because she wants to, she wants him to go along with her for some ideas. So what she reminds him of is, you know, you, there's not every guy who can just sit and listen to music all afternoon and things like that. So she's constantly reminding him, look, I could leave you at any point. Yeah. Right? So you got to go along with my ideas. Now this is uh, the, the start where she says, I'm bored. They've got people coming from a weekend and she wants to have a bit of fun with it. Not, she, not it seems, the fun that would happen as a result of people coming round, but she wants to people well, watch. We know that they're coming for bridge, don't we? Uh, which is a card game, which yeah. we neither which we of us know understand. anything about. But it is, it is cards. It's a card game. It seems like it's uh, you have to have a, a game of, obviously you have to have the correct hand, but it's, it's, it, it seems like you have to build up the correct hand. Yeah. So Probably. rather than just a game of chance where you get like in blackjack, where you get the numbers dealt to you, yeah. you have to kind of like create the hand yourself. And I don't know quite how it works. Anyway, um, that's bridge. So she's um, she's uh, again constantly she's going on and on about the fact that she's bored. People are coming around, so she wants to have an idea. She, what, what she's what she's saying is that yeah. uh, she doesn't like them. The crummy, vulgar social climbers. She doesn't like them in the, the idea in her house. And she says that she wants to have some fun after playing bridge. And she asks him to guess what, oh, what it's going to be. One of the things that he says, says is uh, wine tasting. Yeah. Which would have been last week's, With the, or last fortnight's episode. We were on Moody. Yeah. Which, was that intentional, do you think? Uh, could have been. Could have been. Mm. Could have been. Uh, he then says charades. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking swinging is what she's talking about because she's saying fun after bridge. She's having him guess. You know yeah. what I mean? But she, there's a, an element of uh, sex in this that's never really hit on. Like mm. the words are never used. It's insinuated, but unless you've got a mucky mind, uh, you, you probably wouldn't have got to that conclusion. Well, you know, if, if if she was saying to you, "I want to have some fun after bridge," 
What, yeah. what would you What would you come up with? So have a bit of a swing. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would have thought that. Yeah. But as you say, that might just be my sort of way of thinking about <laughs> it. <laughs> but uh, what it turns out is then that she wants him to put a microphone in the guest room in order to listen in on them. Now, yeah. why does she want to do that? She, she wants to have some fun after bridge, but what is she hoping to hear? We know that she's said that he's really smutty and that she seems a bit devoted to him. Yeah, and, and in fact, uh, she, she says we want to listen because what do people do when they're alone that's what she that's what right. so, so there is, I think there is, she wants to hear sex yeah I, I think, think that's so. where she's going with this yeah and in fact later on a lot of what she says indicates that that's where she's going with this as well so that's not the first time or the only time I should say that she's hinting that she wants to hear some see I don't feel as bad for coming up with a possible swinging thing now no, it seems that that's, no it's, I mean the, you know she probably just doesn't want to get involved herself she just wants to hear yeah which you know she could go to a club for that or, <laughs> um, so put the mic in the bed for a bedroom and and it, he says this. Uh, 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 I like this bit because he says okay, it, well, first of all it takes a lot of persuading and because he doesn't agree yeah she then says that my second husband well what he says is he forbids her to do it that's yeah. what he says yeah. and she said my second husband forbid me to do something and he's selling insurance yeah. door to door in Louisville or something like that so it's another indication that she'll she'll split up with him yeah and he'll lose his opportunity to sit and listen to Beethoven in the afternoon which is we, something she's always hanging over his head isn't yeah. she but also I think the choice of the Beethoven music is wrong right. feels it's just chaotic is it? It doesn't feel relaxing. Oh, right. And, and he's, he's all relaxing and stuff. I just want to relax, he says at one point. But anyway, um, so what, when he's trying to get away from the conversation, she's moving from chair to chair and stuff. And eventually she, she says, oh, no, he, he says, he reminds her that she's nasty. Yeah. It's a nasty thing to do. And he says, yeah, I am nasty. And, and so are you, you know. Uh, does she say that? In fact, why does she say that? What has she, she got over him that he's nasty? Well, she does sort of say that he's found some friends' letters and read them. No, oh, that was it. That yeah, was right. So I yeah, think it might be that. Yeah, but but she even with that one, she says, but it's a good job we are both nasty because if I was nasty, you weren't. And it sort of leads again to yeah. that threat again. Not which point was being together? Yeah. Then so he starts thinking, and then she eventually uses some reverse psychology and says, "Ah, oh, but it's just something that you can't even do." And he says, "Actually, no. Setting up a mic is the easiest bit." So eventually, it it comes to the fact that she uses what seems to be blackmail, but I don't quite understand what the blackmail is. So she says, "I will." I've got a bizarre... <laughs> no, she doesn't say bizarre. I've written bizarre. I've got a story about an apron, some Wellington boots, and I'll told you what happened to the the feather duster. Well, what she does, this is... This is, this is <laughs> it's not a story. What is it, then? What she does is... It's, a, it's an offer to indulge in a sexual fetish. Oh, I thought... It, do you know what I thought? I thought she had photographs... No. Of him in an apron, Wellington boots, and a feather duster up his ass. No, that would probably be better than what I imagined when she says this. Because what she does, she says, "I'll put on that apron that you bought in Hamburg." Yes, and the Wellington boots. Yes, 
and I'll tell you where I hid the feather duster. So what she's saying is she's going to dress up in this garb as a sort of reward for him if he'll do it. It just doesn't seem like a reward. Well, not to me, it doesn't. No. But, but even so, I thought the better version was that she has photographs of him in an apron and Wellington boots yeah, with well, a feather stuck up his ass. <laughs> I would invite people listening to this <laughs> to make their own conclusions from this and see which one of us is right. And which one's the best? <laughs> which one's the better? <laughs> right, OK, so, um, anyway. Straight cut to him laying cable in the bedroom, you see. <laughs> yeah. So which, there, me, there's uh, no yeah. thinking. <laughs> I want to, I want to, yeah, I either need this not to be in the press. Or I want to see her in that I costume. I want to see her. Uh, let's go along with that. I want to see you in the costume. Okay, so he, first of all, can exit all up. She's in the bedroom listening to find out the results of his testing and stuff. And then it starts, you can hear from her side of things, the squeaking. There's like a... Yeah. And yeah. then it cuts to him and he's bouncing up on bed. She goes, what are you doing? He goes, I'm testing the bed. So that's another sexy thing. Yeah. That they're okay. going to be bonking on the bed. And that's really what they wanted to listen to. So, uh, then he tests a bit of conversation and tests whispering. They're happy, but he's got to... Because at the moment, the microphone cabling is above the carpet, so he's going he's gonna to cable it so you can't see. Yeah, right. he's going to have to nail the carpet down, isn't he? He's doing that whilst the guests come. And uh, when the guests come, they say hello, they're kind of eyeing the house up and stuff, realise that, oh, wow, this is a nice place. They're called the Snapes. I think that's their surname, the Snapes. That's right, Sally and Henry. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, she then says, Sally says, do you mind if I go straight to the room? Well, it always happens, doesn't it? When when you don't want something to happen in a programme, it's generally the way it's going to go. Yeah. She wants to go straight to the room while Arthur's still cabling stuff up. She wants to get changed. Now then, here's another bit, a sexy bit, where she's spilt some coffee in a a tummy-stroke fanny area. Yeah. Um, if you're American, I'm, I'm in the vagina area, right? <laughs> um, and uh, then, the what's his husband's name? Henry. Henry sort of rubs her sexually yeah. and said, in, "Oh, I had some, I had some fun trying to yeah, clean that up." Yeah, I can tell you. And then, and then, uh, the woman, Elaine Strict, what's her name? Uh, Pam. Pam. She goes, "Yeah, I bet you did." <laughs> so it's again, it's there's never any mention of it. Do you definitely mean sex? And they could say, oh, we might have done, we might not have done. But they yeah. def- that seems to be the way that this is going. Right. And and are you, and you smutty all the way through, isn't yeah. you, this guy? I, I think I recognise his and the young'uns' uh, faces from something, but I'm not going to go into it after getting where I'd seen Lane Strick from wrong so far. I'll tell you what, um, Arthur uh, was the voice of Scott Tracy in Thunderbirds in yeah. 1965. Bloody hell. Yeah. There's so many links here. Yeah. They're all on the books. <laughs> so... Obviously, the problem is Arthur's cabling up the room. Yeah, she wants to go to the room. She's insistent, actually. She doesn't want to drink before, and she wants to go straight to the room. So Pam is stalling on, on, the, on, the, on the stairs. Isn't by, she? by this is clever. She's telling the story, which involves her having to shout out Arthur's name <laughs> about him. Where is he? Something like that. And so she every now and then she goes Arthur, Arthur, like this, and then. When he eventually comes down, she then again mixes it in with the story. Arthur, I said, ah, oh, there you are. Right. So <laughs> then she says, Pam wants to go to the room. Is that okay? Yeah. He says, yeah, of course it is. So he, Arthur, is the only one who's got any dignity in this so far. He's he's acting unsuspicious. That's going to change in a in a minute. Yeah. 
what, what she then does is that she talk, she takes uh, Henry downstairs for some reason. Doesn't, yeah, uh, so Sally goes up on her own with, with Arthur. And Arthur. Pam and Henry come down, come down. with his suitcase. I didn't, I didn't no. understand why that was. No. And she sets up for the fact that it might not be a long night tonight because she says that she's tired, so she might not want to play a lot of bridge. Yeah. Um, Odd, there's not freeze there. I don't yeah. know if it was just on, on no. our... Well, I think that that was a commercial break. Yeah. But you're right, it, it felt like it was a bit um, unnatural. Yeah. So, yeah. So then we go to the game, yeah. which is late at night. They're all changed. Um, and first of all, it's like a bit of a montage of the hands that are in play. The game. We don't understand the game, so... No, no. Maybe this was... One, this could have been more common, and two, it would have helped us to understand the unexpected bit a bit better, but I don't know. Anyway, so... Um, then, uh, after a while, Arthur decides to get up a, and make a drink. Pam says, not for me, thank you, Arthur. I'm all good. And But she doesn't say to anybody else not to, She, but she's indicating that we're about to wrap up. Yeah. That's where she's going with this. And then the woman, Sally, says um, that, oh yeah, they're talking about the fact that they're, that they're a good set of game, uh, bridge players and there's some sort of chat about them joining a championship, but uh, they're not as good to join the championships at the moment. And then that's where Henry yeah. comes in with, well, you make a mistake yeah, and she says it was just one mistake. So there's a bit of pressure there, and it's like a really hang on. Oh, yeah, there was, there was no need for that. Okay, well, we'll it sort of seems to come out of the blue a bit, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. So, so then um, they decide to wrap up. Yeah. Okay. Even though it's before the end of the rubber, I don't know what that means, but it seems as though it's that's the not end. something you would normally do. It's the end of the rubber. Uh, yeah, the tip of the rubber, and <laughs> um, then Sally says, "Well, I'm wide awake," yeah. and. But everybody around her is going, now nah, we could just clear off to bed. And in fact, Arthur isn't so vocal about it. But Pam is, nah, nah, we're going to go to bed. Come on, let's, you know, you go to bed. And, and Sally's used every trick in the book. She? She, wants to, she wants to stay down and watch the TV. TV, for one, to watch the late show. Arthur says it's broken. It's broken, and he, there was a repairman meant to come out today, but they, they haven't come today. She wants to read some books downstairs. But she's put magazines up in the room so she can <laughs> do it in the room. So we we get we get the idea that for some reason Sal is not very keen to go upstairs. Yeah, and the more she at first it just sounds like she is actually just wide awake. Yeah, but she's it's like she doesn't want to finish. There's some reason what's stopping her from being alone with the guy. Yeah, that's it. And yet the other side of things is that um, Pamela and Arthur are desperate for them to go to bed. Yeah, so. Eventually, they all go to bed. Good night, good night, good night. Doors shut. And then Arthur and Pam run across to the the microphone, the, sorry, the headphones, where the bridge... Sorry. I'm going to start again. <laughs> right. Then, go upstairs. Night, 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 night. Doors shut. Arthur and Pam rush across to their little kind of yeah. speaker set where they've um, got the headphones ready. Big leg flash from Elaine Street. Oh, yeah. She's got a slash skirt right up to the hip. Yeah, and running. Yeah. Like running, desperate. Stick the headphones on, share a headphone each. Then weird conversations from the other room. Yeah, where really uh, she's saying uh, that... Uh, they don't want to do it right now. 
Yeah. So <laughs> then cut back to Pamela, who's going, ah, right, fair enough, then must wait. And Henry says that Sal doesn't want to come to bed because she's frightened of being punished. Punished? Ah, right, she's going to get punished, come on. And Sal's pleading not to be punished now and saying, can't we do it in the morning? I'll be fresher then. Yeah, good, that sounds good as well. (laughs) But it's really quite alarming there, isn't it? I'm thinking, what's he going to do to her? So, again, this is... It's proper innuendo... This yeah. is all sex talk, as far as Pamela and Arthur are concerned, and they're enjoying it. So that's uh, so so well. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I'm looking for I'm looking for a twist here, you see, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering if well, if, if there might be one along that line, you know, that that. Well, we'll have to leave it to, just for a little bit longer, but it, yes. could, it could be. So the next bit is then that they say that the Henry says. No, you've got to practice. We're going to have to practice. Come on, let's start practicing now. We want to take as much money out of this bitch as possible, this yeah. rich bitch as possible. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, wait there. This all they're talking about here is punished, as in making a mistake in the card game. Yeah. Getting it right first time. It's like not making the mistakes. Practice in the morning. They're talking about. Cut the card game. Yeah. They're talking about practicing, and what's more, they've got a little system worked out. Or in my head, I well rather what I wrote down was it's card reading. Yeah. But what they call it in is a bidding, bidding code. code. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a difference, but it would appear that these two aren't particularly wealthy. Yeah. And yet they've spotted an opportunity to get wealthy from Playing, trying to get as much money out of this couple as possible over this weekend, and, and presumably they're going to do this in the um, tournaments and stuff in like the to- that. And that's it's how they do it in the though, championships. Yeah, they're sort of like what it's, do they call them? Hustlers. Yeah, it's sort of like a cheating thing. Yeah, yeah so a bit, a bit cheaty because Sally seems quite timid, which she is actually. She maintains that, but Henry is really forceful about this. Anyway, it cuts back to Arthur and Pam, who they're talking about how unprincipled this is, and 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 that's a nice irony because they're eavesdropping into a conversation, which is that's that's quite nice. So what they say is. Well, what we'll do is we'll listen to them practice, write it all down, and learn our own bidding code. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking there, you see. Because we were saying, is there any twist in it? Well, the I feel... it has got to be that, they, that you led up the garden path of, of, of sexuality. Yeah. But, the, but that wasn't pushed in... That wasn't definite enough. It was definitely what we thought, but that's because yeah. we've got dirty minds. But it's, it wasn't really... 100% evident no. that's what they were talking about it could have been anything and actually in the tales you're taught to think a little different yes okay yeah. and so you're thinking you know that's what they mean but it felt like the ending was missing it felt like they've now got this new information that the twist is coming up yeah so when the episode finishes which listeners is now <laughs> okay that's that's it they work out that they're going to do their own bidding code and so their uh, dishon- not dishonesty, I guess, but their unethical behaviour is going to pay off in some way. It doesn't feel like there's an ending here. Well, we have noticed before that uh, sometimes with Roald stories, as they're originally published, there isn't a twist. So I, I wonder if with this one, it, as originally published, it was like that, and they just thought... Oh, right, yeah. OK, listeners... It's not the first time we've had to do this. And that is, let's find out what that final 
ending is in the book. And whilst Rob finds that, here's some hold music. That is the way it ends. Yeah, no more to it than that. Yeah, well, fair enough. Thanks for holding for us at least, <laughs> listeners. Anyway, well, uh, as I say, I think I think we're it's the, the 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 scene is set for his card game that you need to know a bit more about why this bidding code is going to be so useful to them. That's that's point one that we're a little bit disadvantaged by that. Yeah. However, I think even if I put on a new set of a, a, a new head like Gummidge would have done, and he's it was bridge, he's Bridgehead. He's Bridgehead. Yeah, I still don't think that that is an adequate twisty ending, tail unexpected ending. I I don't, to be honest. And, and I think when we did watch this through, we looked at each other right at the end. Didn't say anything, but that's what it meant, yeah. wouldn't it? It yeah. was it was what's that yeah. really? The problem I have with that is. That up to that point, it's well acted. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's it's very funny. Well, funny in this dark funny. Okay, yeah. um, there's some really nice w- ways that this could have gone with listening into a conversation. I just think they chose the wrong ending. Yeah, well, it's it sort of just does not fit in in tales of the unexpected. No, you say it's, it's well quite acted. It's a, it's a sort of could be a good story, but it just does not fit yeah. in this sort of genre. And for that reason, I think they've done it again. They've picked one of the stories which seemed to be an unexpected, a good unexpected tale. Yeah. But actually, probably wasn't. Yeah. Probably was probably <laughs> Which might well be why Roald starts to uh, disassociate himself from. <laughs> Is that it? Is he done? Is he done? He done? <laughs> no, there's a few more. There's, there's a few more. more. Because, no, let's face it, right? He eventually drops out of them all together yeah the tales took on a new life and it's going to be interesting to see which was the most successful period yeah he does come back a bit later on he though, does yeah he? there is a there is a period of time but that might you know is in in terms of delivering an unexpected story yeah there could have been some feedback on that one yeah I mean his last one in this series is the return well it's Mr. Bottyball's first love which, which, which we, is the return we, of yes. Mr. Bottyball yeah. and after that he's he's got nothing to do with them until part way through uh, the second uh, the third the third series really well you see there you go we've now finished the uh, episode which is and I struggle with this because it's not a catchy title my lady love my dove uh, where's the dove in this what's that about yeah I can't see I can't see anything with that nothing at all I mean we were saying before taste bad taste quite clever you know what you're talking about but you know I can't see anything it just makes no sense my lady love my dove no, no, lost on me. Right, we uh, short episode that one. Um, and, uh, next time is another one in our podcast series with uh, with Joni again. I think Georgie Porgy. Georgie Porgy about a victor with an over a victor yes. a victor with, with. Uh, an overactive. I'll start that one again. <laughs> <laughs> about a vicar with an overactive imagination who sees naked women as he delivers his sermon. Yeah, I like this one. <laughs> right, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.